Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to talk about Jesus. It's our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. And this is when we celebrate Jesus' birthday. So uh, close enough, right? And specifically, I want to talk about two ideas that in fact had that seemed di- different, that would come from two very different people in our so-called cultural divide in America, perhaps even in the West. But they actually have the same epistemology, right? The way of thinking, the foundation, the intellectual foundation behind both of these ideas that we would say, oh, those are totally different. It's actually exactly the same. The one idea is a child can choose his own gender, right? That comes from one very distinct person, one kind of person in our in our cultural discourse. And the other one is Christianity loses all meaning without a literal uh, resurrection. Um lot of great stuff here. I mean, just like the idea that God with a lowercase g, in fact, shows more reverence than God with a capital G. Of course, that, that idea um, that we despise, what, what we despise inwardly about ourselves, we outwardly despise in other people, or, you know, that which we say we hate about others is what we hate about ourselves. Not all the time, but I think in this case, it's very true. And, uh, you know, people always say that woke is religion or Marxism's religion or this critical race theory. Oh, it's all religion, guys. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and you know what else is true is the opposite of that, is that religion is woke. So I was listening to uh, one pastor, Scott Furrow, who is based out of San Diego, but we get him up here in KKLA. He's on from three to five every day. And that's sometimes when I'm out driving around because I'm, I'm not out doing something. I'm probably going to you know, take a nap. And part of his show is a call-in and people, a lot of what people uh, call in and, and it's just, they're, they're <laughs> it's them complaining about cultural issues, right? Which is, I don't know, kind of sad for a Christian show. Like, why don't you call in and talk about, you know, your sins? That would be way more interesting. Anyway, people call in and discuss about cultural issues. And, and the thing that they get really upset about is trans and trans children. And I, I get it. I mean, it's I would say it's tantamount to abuse. Um, but um, at the same time, right, and I, and I agree with them. But at the same time, I heard uh, Pastor Scott say this the other day. And that is, yeah, he said exactly what, you know, Christianity loses all meaning without a literal resurrection. Unless this guy, Jesus, literally existed 2,000 years ago. Uh, I'm actually going to read this book. I'm, I'm going to be out of town next week. I'm going to you know, be traveling and stuff. But I'm, I'm going to uh, take this book with me called Creating Christ. And it's all about how Christ is actually this creation of the Romans. The Romans made up this story. Um, which, you know, I don't know. I, I'm going to be open about when I go in, uh, of course, uh, and see if they really make good points. But, but my spidey sense tells me that's probably true. But the way I view Christianity is it loses zero meaning if that is the case. It loses zero meaning if Jesus, in fact, didn't exist. I think he did. He was at least an amalgamation of several people. But even if the Romans created that story, Christianity has as much meaning as if Jesus literally existed and literally uh, died for... uh, 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 resurrected, died for our sins and resurrected on the, um, you know, three days later. Um, so yeah, they're this. It's the same epistemology. I, I think you guys see where I'm going for uh, what I'm going for here. And I'm, I'm going to read this quotation from Answer to Job. Uh, 
This is Jung. I mean, I got the book Answer to Joe, but this is in volume 11. Uh, philosophy, uh, religion. Yeah. Psychology and religion, Westonese. I, I forgot the, the name of it, but there's a separate uh, book that he made from that. And this is from towards the beginning where Jung lays out what he's going to talk about here. And I, I, I think there's just really, uh, we'll get to it. So this conflict, Jung's talking about a conflict, the same conflict that we have going on now. It's the same cultural conflict. It was brewing back in 1952 when Jung read Answer to Job. By the way, if you want to see my presentation on Answer to Job, I think I did a very good job with that. Uh, I will link to it in the description. So this cultural conflict is due to a strange supposition that a thing is true only if it presents as a physical fact. Thus, some people believe it to be physically true that Christ was born the son of a virgin, while others deny this as a physical impossibility. Now, it's interesting. I'm not really talking about the conflict here, right? Because I'm saying how they have the same epistemology. So, that could be read, people believe it to be true, to be physically true, that a child or anybody else can change their gender while others deny this to be a physical impossibility, right? It works both ways. Everybody can see that there's no logical solution to this conflict and that one would do better not to get involved in such sterile disputes. Perfect. Perfect sentence because Jung uses the word logical. You know, people complain about how Jung talks around in circles and isn't very clear. No, he's very clear. I mean, he's wordy, but he's very clear. He's so clear that you can see his epistemological errors in his own writing, which we'll get to. But that's so true. Yeah, there, there is a solution to the conflict. It's not logical. It transcends logic. It goes to the premises on which logic is based. And that's just the fact that he puts that word in there. It's like, yep, he understands. Both sides are right and both are wrong. Yet we could easily reach an agreement if only we, dro we drop the word physical. Physical is not the only criterion of truth. There's also psychic truth, or I would say conceptual truth. Ideas, yes, but ideas based on reality. That's, um, that's my interjection. And these truths, these psychic truths, can neither be explained nor proved nor contested in any physical way. And, and that's, I just want to say, that's Jung's epistemological uh, flaw here. Because he says they cannot be uh, contested in any, any physical way. No, there's plenty of physical evidence for psychic truth. I mean, you just mentioned one, Jung, the fact that people believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. Okay, it's not direct physical evidence, but we see that physical evidence all the time of people creating those stories, people creating those mythological motifs. I would say that's physical evidence. Or what about... Similarly, how it's tantamount to apostasy. I, I'm thinking about this because I was just reading, um, or yeah, I was reading the book Silence, and I watched the movie Silence. What about calling um, the Virgin Mary a whore is tantamount to apostasy? That's physical evidence. It's 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 physical evidence for the people who don't do that and are killed because they are physically dead now. Or the fact there are other virgin births, right? We all know this by now. Ra, Horus, Dionysus. Uh, Jason was born of Persephone, who was a virgin, right? And um, But I, I think this is a result of Jung's inability to integrate this exact point that a thing cannot be, or a thing may not be physically true, but it is psychologically true 
it says something very real about our psychology. And there's plenty of physical evidence for that realness that it says about our psychology. And I think both Jesus died on the cross for our sins and I can change my gender. I just Even though I was born with two X chromosomes, I can change my gender to a male. Uh, <laughs> that's a great trap, right? Uh, th- those are both extremely true and very meaningful about who we are. So I'm just going to go through some of the similarities between both of these things just to just so we get this um i think you guys probably get it already but just so we're clear you know the one point that that shows how the so both of these epistemologies it's idealism it's the fact that this truth comes from on high outside the realm of the physical world and creates its imprint on the chaos where does truth come from this magical thinking that this supernatural thing that's coming from on high um whether it's the decision to change my gender, even though I have I was born with these specific chromosomes, or choosing to believe that Jesus literally died for my sins, even though you or um, and resurrected, even though you can't physically do that. Um, right, right. So it's mind over matter. You know, you know what I always talk about when, when we discuss this, right? But it's one of the first iterations in Western philosophy of this is in the Timaeus, uh, the Platonic dialogue, where the Demiurge, right? Where does truth come from? The Demiurge comes from on top and stamps its form into the chaos. The, tr- the truth does not come from organizing the chaos based on what it is, looking at similarities, look, looking at differences, uh, looking at the fundamental cause behind the chaos that we see doesn't come from that it comes from on high impressing itself on us and that's exactly what the oh i'm going to make a decision to be a different sex or gender or my life loses all meaning <laughs> in effect i mean your pastor scott your right your pastor <laughs> so not not only does christianity lose all meaning but your life up until this point loses all meaning well, Jesus did not resurrect, but that doesn't mean your life has lost all meaning. That's for sure. So that's the first thing. It's like this mind over matter kind of delusion. I think one of the reasons why we have this is because it's a fantasy, right? When, when, when we have troubles we don't know how to look at and address based on what they are, that can be very stressful. <laughs> so we need to come up with some fantasy that something from on high will come and save me. Um, it's the same implication to a lesser extent, but it is the same implication. Or, or I would say that it's, no, it's the same epistemology and the implication behind mindset and cognitive behavioral therapy, which of course makes sense because these things are now based on stoicism. Also one of the first bits of Western thought to be based on Eastern mysticism. Saying that Jesus died for my sins, literally, the reason why I am saved now is because this guy 2,000 years ago died for my sins, and that wouldn't have meant anything unless he was the Son of God, unless he raised from the dead, right? But it's it's the same thing when you say, oh, I had this negative thought, I'm just going to change it, or I'm going to ignore it, or I'm going to think of something positive. It's like this thing coming from on high. You're not looking at the negative thought and where it comes from. Same thing with an emotion. Oh, I had this negative emotion, I'm just going to go work out, and I'm going to feel better. Yes, you will feel better. Did you really address why you had that jealousy or, or something. No, you didn't. You just kind of distracted yourself from it. Something from outside that emotion had to come down and and change it. You couldn't change 
change the emotion based on what it is. Because it's this irrational, chaotic thing that you don't understand. The same exact thing when you say, oh, I have these mental health issues, I'm going to get top surgery, and that's going to change it. Right? Really smart people will believe that you can change your gender, even though <laughs> gender is a biological fact, because they need to believe that, because they don't understand why you, where, where the difficulty or why you would have mental difficulties in the first place. It's this mind over ma uh, matter fantasy that change comes from breakthroughs. That in order to change, you don't need to do the work. You don't need to submit yourself to a process. Um, you can just change one thing. I'm going to become a Christian. I'm going to choose to turn my life over to the care of God, or I'm going to choose to get top surgery, and then all my problems will be away. Yeah, you will feel better short-term, but breakthroughs don't exist. Now, breakthroughs do exist, but they only exist when you engage in a certain process that leads to breakthroughs. And by the way, you're only going to remember those breakthroughs, i.e. miracles, small m miracles. You're only going to remember it if, if you stick with the process. You will forget about breakthroughs in your life if you don't continue to do what led to the breakthrough in the first place. You'll, you'll just forget. It's amazing. Um, amazing things will happen to you and you will forget if you don't continue to engage in the process that led to that breakthrough in the first place. So it's physically, right, it's physically preposterous to change your sex. It's physically preposterous that Jesus died for your sins or that he rose from the dead. But the other similarity is they're both symbolically very true, as Jung hints out of that, that quotation. They're both, but they're both psychically true. Of course they're psychically, symbolically true. Otherwise, I would not be on here talking about it. Otherwise, uh, the, it wouldn't be a, a central point of contention in our culture today. I'm not on here talking about how uh, the, the sky's purple or how people think uh, people are walking around with this delusion that the sky's purple because that doesn't mean anything. That, that it's it's that's the, the absence of that physical evidence of people debating the color of the sky the absence of that physical evidence too says something about the nature of our psyche just like that there are people going around thinking that unless this guy 2,000 years ago uh, literally died for my sins I'm not saved great physical evidence of something you know real going on out in our psyche of course it's true. Jesus died for my sins is I need to crucify myself symbolically when I come across a sin in my life. I need to integrate my unconscious. I need to at least create a better relationship with my unconscious. And, and that is so incredibly painful. It is as painful and as simple as being crucified. Just like... I need to cut off my tits so I don't kill myself, so I'm not suicidal anymore. That means, um, right, right? I mean, it, it goes back to integrating your, your sexuality. Puberty is a huge stressor. And if we don't have a support group, if we don't have a support system, if we don't have people we can talk to, you can look down at your tits or your dick and go, I just need to get rid of this. Like, this is so stressful, I, I need to get rid of this. When in truth, what you're trying to do is um, 
Well, I think it's different for different people. I'm not going to create generalizations on that. But generally, it's a difficulty integrating uh, sexuality, right? You're running away from from uh, the, the very real, you know, the very real predicament that all humans come up against, which is, okay, now I have this new part of my life called sexuality. What do I do with it? How do I integrate it? You know, I do think it's interesting. And don't quote me on this. This is just an idea. It may be totally ridiculous. And, and I'm, maybe I'm just a dumbass. But, you know, there are those uh, trans women. I, I see this particularly with trans women. You know, like, like they'll take videos of themselves or you know, something um, out at a restaurant. If somebody misgenders them, they get really upset and, I mean, look, bitchy and opinionated. In a sense, they show poor animus integration and I wonder it's like hmm so you didn't like yourself being a man you didn't like the fact that you were consciously an animus so you you kind of uh what did you do you, you repress that part of yourself by saying that you're a woman and now the animus the dysregulated animus is coming out in this in this you know very uh I'll just say the technical term is bitchy, opinionated kind of way, you know, very bossy. Having an opinion for the sake of an opinion. Saying something uh, to, not because it's true, but just because you, you feel like you need to assert your presence in the world. I think maybe you, you felt uncomfortable as a man because you felt uncomfortable with that animus. But now that you're a woman, so to speak, or at least look like a woman, it's it's now coming out, but in a very repressed way. I don't know. That's just a thought, right? So trans people need to integrate sexuality like we all do. And look, I'm not saying that Christianity's, uh, Christianity or Christians do a better job at it, but, you know, this is a huge challenge. And part of that is relating with the opposite sex or same sex, but at least having that there's always sexual polarity there. You know, you know even in gay homosexual relationships, there's a man and a woman, right? I mean... There's tons of terminology in the gay community. I don't know if they go into it all to indicate exactly uh, that phenomenon. So that's still a, a very much a sexual, like psychologically a sexual integration. And it also, I mean, symbolically true, you know, it also re reminds me of, you know, it's, it's that debate of is Jesus human or is he divine? And he's both. And it's not 50-50. It's 100, 100, because we're talking about it in two different contexts. Is he human? Yes. In a philosophical context, Jesus is 100% human. If, in fact, he did exist, I really think he did exist. He wasn't the son of God. He was this guy who said some things that people liked, which is way, way, way more meaningful. Because um, at least that's, you know, based in reality. It's way more meaningful. But he's also divine. Psychologically, he's divine. Just like you are. Just like he said that you are in Luke. We're all, it's both. What are you looking at it from? It's like, is, it, is the cell, is, is it a bunch of carbon atoms or is it mitochondria? I don't care. Are you looking at it chemically or are you looking at it biologically? It's the same thing. Yeah. Same thing with trans. The same exact thing with trans. Is it real or is it fake? It's both. It's 100% both. 
Are you, phys- are you philosophically changing your status from a man to a woman or vice versa? No, that's ridiculous. Psychologically, you're doing something that can be very meaningful for you and maybe even adaptive. Maybe even adaptive for you to wear women's underwear for a time to integrate your anima. I could see that. Maybe. I don't know. Are you physically doing it, though? No. That's ridiculous, right? So, look. This is why God, with a lowercase g, shows more reverence for God, I would argue. And that Christianity is only legitimate if Jesus if Jesus was a normal guy. Because epistemologically, uh, you may as well be trans. The most practical insight, though... I think from this, from everything I talk about today, is that fantasy is the fantasy that one thing will save you, right? I see this with everybody. I I see it in myself 10 times a day of, oh, I just got to do this one thing and everything will be different and change. It's, It's not about doing one thing and having one breakthrough and then being totally healed from whatever your, your psychological ailment is, whether it's you know, depression, procrastination, you know, perfectionism, uh, social anxiety, um, you know, whatever, eight rage issues. Not rage at other people, but go interact with other people then come home to your cave and rage at yourself, right? You're, you're not going to do one thing that's going to solve any of these issues. Um, same thing with relating with your sexuality or the opposite sex. These are difficult struggles. And our purpose on earth isn't to completely free ourselves of these struggles. It's how do we create a better relationship with them? What process do we engage with? Yes, we will have breakthroughs. You will have these aha moments and they will feel awesome and really good. And you will go out the next day and actually see perhaps even a change in your behavior. It's incredible but you will forget that change in behavior. And that behavior um, will probably revert back to normal if you don't continue to engage with a certain process. You can take a shower and you will get clean and feel good if you feel good from taking showers. But you gotta take a shower the next day. Maybe it's not about cleaning yourself really hard once and then you're being fine. Maybe it's just about the enjoyment of the ritual of this engagement of in order to be part of society, in order to be a man among men, I need to uh, take a shower, uh, wash my butt a little bit and hey, maybe put on some deodorant. Um, so that's, I think that's my most practical insight, right? Um, but you got to look at the process. You got to look at what that process is. And I think we create these fantasies because we can't look. Because there is no explication of that process. But in order for us to have an explication of that process, we need to understand what psychology even is. This is what I, what I explicated in my first book, Man's Guide to Psychology. Joinanimous.com slash book. And you can learn about that. The principles, I mean, if psychology is to exist as a field, then it needs to have certain principles. It must necessarily have these certain principles. Otherwise, it doesn't exist. So what are those principles? And then, how do we apply those principles in therapy? And from here, when we apply the principles of what psychology is, what emotions are, 
really. It's what emotions are, how they work, psychology, that the basis of psychology is emotions. So what, what these emotions are, how they work, this tells us what we need, how we need to talk about them. How we need to talk about experiences, feelings, emotions, problems, issues. When we talk about these issues enough, patterns start to emerge. We become conscious of unconscious patterns a little bit more and more. And then that's when the behavior starts to change. And I want to give you, um, I want to show you what this process is, right? So you don't, you don't need to be left in, in these fantastical ways of thinking, of, of, denying, of denying reality for the sake of some psychological payoff. Because right? that's, when, that's when life really becomes a tragedy. So, uh, yeah, we do free consultations. Uh, joinanimous.com slash schedule. Again, you know, go check out the book. There's a link below in the description. Thank you, guys. Uh, Merry Christmas. And I wish you all the joy and pain that comes from realizing uh, you are a God who lives among other gods.